After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Hi, everyone. Raghu back with Mind Rolling. Little intro to this uh, great episode, a chat I had with uh, Pete Holmes. Pete's part of the Love Serve family. And uh, I'll talk more about that in a minute. I just wanted to uh, give a shout out to 1440. I have a pick this week for one of the workshops that they're running, 1440 Multiversity. Go to 1440.org. And uh, this particular weekend retreat is with uh, Anita Murjani. And Anita, who I know know of, but uh, have not done a chat with her. And I think I'm going to try and reach out because she's had some uh, really interesting uh, life events. She was very sick and uh, had an NDE, near-death experience and uh, came back and uh, really has devoted her life to transformational healing. And she's doing this course, The Power of Transformation, uh, weekend retreat at 1440, which is right by uh, Santa Cruz. Absolutely beautiful campus, as I've said before on the podcast. And um, it's February 3 through 8, so still plenty of chance for you to uh, get up to 1440.org, check it out, and see if you wouldn't love to go. Uh, who? What else? Oh, okay. We've got uh, a fantastic course. This is my other hat that I wear as a director of Love Server Member Foundation. And we are, this course is from uh, Ram Dass and Roshi Joan Halifax and uh, Frank. Ostaseski and Robert Thurman, along with Krishnadas and myself, Duncan Trussell makes a little appearance as well. And uh, it's no death, no fear from a retreat we did last year in Maui. And we've taken the essence of all of the conversations that were had and presentations. Uh, and this is absolutely uh, required viewing and it's free. So go to ramdas.org. You can just hit the banner at the top. It'll take you to the page where you can see exactly all of what's being offered. And you can sign up there, okay? Highly, highly recommended, by the way. Um, Not from my own subjectivity, but from the reality of the 
the information and uh, wisdom that comes out of uh, uh, out of the these uh, sessions. It's a four week deal. Uh, what else? Okay, Pete. Now uh, you've heard Pete on Mind Rolling before, and he's good buddies with my podcast guru Duncan Trussell, and uh, Pete uh, has a wonderful show on HBO called Crashing. And we discussed that a little bit on the podcast. Uh, I was talking to him about a scene that I, I thought, because what we talked a lot about was generosity, which was the theme of our last retreat in Maui. And I said, wow, you know, your character, uh, he seemed pretty generous uh, when he tried to do, uh, somebody was sick, one of the comics was sick, and he did a, uh, a benefit, he led a benefit, and, and Pete said, well... I wouldn't know about total generosity there. I mean, he was doing this so he can get more uh, attention put on him. And I thought, well, you know, we all have multiple um, motivations for anything that we do. And we mostly think they're bad uh, because that's how we like to judge ourselves on a day-to-day basis, right? So uh, I said, you know, I think he had good motivation and he had bad motivation, and uh, that's where where in the teaching lies. Now, of course, we're talking about a half-hour sitcom on HBO, and Pete was very forthcoming about all of that. Uh, terrific, terrific person, uh, so honest and so real and humble. I mean, just a, uh, he's a love. He really is. And so, uh, anyhow, you can catch, I think January 20th is the debut of third season. I mean, this is a successful show. This is all kudos to, to, uh, to Pete and his uh, producer, Judd Apatow. Um, by the way, Judd did this fantastic uh, thing that's on, well, it was an HBO th- uh, doc on Gary Shandling in two parts, and Ramdas is actually in it because we did at one point. Uh, uh, of course, Gary passed a couple of years ago, uh, but before that happened, uh, we did a lovely uh, chat, uh, Skype chat with Ramdas and Gary and uh, and Judd, which is in the film. So you can check that out too if you get HBO. Uh, that's it. I'm. I'm happy to have you all um, enjoy this chat with uh, Pete Holmes on Mind Rolling on the Be Here Now Network. Go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and check out everybody who is doing fantastic work. Uh, And our newest um, member, Omid Safi, is... um, uh, has a, a wonderful podcast on love, Sufi love. It's just tremendous. Check him out. Uh, and uh, who else? Chris Grasso. Have any of you checked out Chris Grasso? He's got fantastic people that he talks to. So go check him out as well. All right, here we go. See you next week. The goo. The goo. Oh. No goo. Uh, okay. no goo. Only goo. Okay. Twenty four seven. Thank you, Sarah's wedding. I like. I like your pants. Thank you. <laughs> I'm also wearing comfortable pants. Yes. <laughs> A soft pant. <laughs> Why do we wear anything else? That's actually the first joke. I have a new special coming out, and the first joke I have is about hard pants. Oh, really? It's kind of weird that she said that.
I am one of those people that finds meaning in everything. Yeah. I don't know if you're like that. I make a joke on my podcast sometimes where I say, all I need to believe in God is to dump my laundry on my bed to fold it. And occasionally I'll find two socks together, like the matching socks. And I go, there's order. There's, there's order to the universe. Look, this red stripey was next to this red stripey. I've never understood it, to be, and I'm going through it even a more difficult sock period, actually. <laughs> I can't what match anything up. <laughs> You're going through a difficult sock It's a very sock difficult period? sock period, yeah. In hey, man, it's important. Many ways. It, yeah. It's a hard way to start your day with mismatched socks. I also had a joke. It didn't make the special. We cut it out about how I'm 39 now. It'll be funnier when I'm 40. It's one of the reasons we cut it out. 39 is not like a, a landmark age. But I was like, I'm 39. No, Jack Benny was always 39. So, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. You're right. It is a funny age because it's as close as you can be to 40 while still claiming to be in your 30s. Right. But I talked about how I became more obsessed with socks, like socks that would stay up during the day. Oh. <laughs> like I didn't want socks. It was a real thing. It showed up out of nowhere. A new set of interests and concerns was like, one of them was, I want my sock where I left it in the morning mm. at the end of the day. <laughs> People are stupid, is my point. <laughs> um, you know, so Pete Holmes, everybody. Hello. Hi, Pete. In, in case you didn't recognize me from my premium sock riff. Yeah, right. <laughs> so we're here in our annual uh, winter retreat over in Maui with Ram Dass Krishnas. We got Jack Cornfield, Sharon Salzberg, and, and Joseph Goldstein, Trudy Goodman, Mirabai Butch. We got a whole passel. We got a, a Krishna said, I don't know. There's so many Buddhists here. <laughs> oh, buddy. That's what I said. To, I said that to KD on the way out. I went, I went to the chat with, I'm sorry, what is his name? Paul? No. The chat. I blew it. The new guy. Oh. Uh, that you just mentioned. I already forgot it. Joseph. Joseph. Joseph Goldstein. Who's amazing. Please don't totally take... Totally amazing. Please don't amazing. mistake my forgetting his name for not enjoying him. But it was Joseph and Sharon. And on the way out, I said to KD, I go, get a little Buddhist in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. But I had... It's funny that you bring this up. I wasn't going to mention it. But I went on a tear with Nick Turn talking about how... What I love, and I'd love to hear what you think about this. And please don't, I'm not actually complaining. I'm having a lovely time. I think the retreat is amazing. I think everybody should come. But I was telling Nick and I was like, what makes Ramdas so fun and what I think a lot of people love about Ramdas, like if you had 35 seconds to pitch Ramdas to somebody, you would, how many times do you think you'd say the word soul? 13? <laughs> it's the point. <laughs> That's the whole message. So when you bring two Buddhists up who I know they talk about the void being one and I know they talk about spirit being soul, but they don't bring it up on their own. You need a Ram Dasi person to introduce it so they can engage with that idea. Otherwise, they won't touch it. It's not of interest to them. So you need you don't need. I'm not telling anybody what to do. <laughs> I left that talk saying to KD, I was like, I could have used a little bit more bhakti in it a little bit more of which that. one just of that joseph for, it was joseph and sharon together it was a oh, great oh, talk oh yesterday yeah. it was a great talk yeah i just didn't buy saraswati <laughs> i just didn't think it was very ramdasi if we, for lack of a better term and again this is not a critique yeah ramdas if you want to get ramdas talking about generosity he's only going to say who's giving to who 
That's the whole message of Ramdas. Yeah. He'd go, the giving, the, the foregoing of receiving in gifts, which is something that he used to practice in his type of Buddhism, is one of the things that he used to practice. He talks about it in his Naropa talks. Um, if I give you, Raghu, a gift and you receive it, we're conspiring in the illusion that we're separate. So that's why that discipline was interesting to him, was like, let's stop doing that because I want to I wanna wake up. I want to remember that we're all one. Yeah. So they had, a nice, they had a lovely chat, a very engaging, interesting, fulfilling chat, but it didn't have... That. So I was saying to Nick, and I was like, you got to get a Hindu up there or you got to get a Bhakti up there because those two tastes David together <laughs> are what makes... are one of the things that makes Ramdas Ramdas. So you have all these people there and some of them are new... And I'm invested in this satsang. And I'm, I get a little concerned that I'm like, if these people read Be Here Now, or if they listen to Ramdas talks, and here we are having a very soul, just the word, there's a lot of soul in the conversation, but a soulless conversation, mm. they might go, what's going on here? Because <laughs> the quickest way to do a Ramdas impression is just say, you're a soul. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what I have what to do say, you think of that? Uh, I guess I'm a little bit, you know, it's a somewhat subjective for me. Like take Sharon Salzberg, for yeah, instance. Love Sharon. Yeah. She is so, so embodies loving kindness, which is no different than all of this other languaging, you know, that Ramdas is using, soul and soul yep. and all that. She so embodies that. It doesn't matter kind of what's coming out of her mouth. Joseph also does, but he's much more nuts and bolts. Look, we got to figure out how we're going to get through this, you know, this constant self-referential, self-cherishing, separated. We have to figure something out here. Yeah, he's practical. Yeah, he's practical. And, and for instance, what he did today which I can't remember if you said you were there or not. We weren't there today, no. Yeah. Okay, so if with all of this stuff and spirituality in general and whatever thing is yours, a Buddhist thing, a bhakti thing, whatever, it's absolutely necessary to do something. You can't just go, okay, this is great, and think that you're doing something. Right. You really have to take steps. He, in one hour and 15 minutes, gave everybody... Any, everything that they would need to reorient their perspective to be able to really have awareness and really see what our motivations are and really, really look into the fear we have. of. Un he went, ask anybody, do you like pleasant? Of course, yes, I like pleasant. Do you like unpleasant? No, no, we don't want to know from unpleasant. Right. And to really see the true nature is to work and do practice of what that is. That it, nothing stays, it's all absolutely changes every second. So to get those things going is to really address the, the bullshit that we, we engage with on a, you know, Krishna, that's a, a, Duncan and I have been talking a lot about Hey, man! <laughs> we you miss him. Don't, I he would have been right here in this have, chair. It's I don't have like, my buddy. You don't have your buddy. Yeah. I um, was expecting to see him, actually. I forgot his wife is eight months pregnant. So yeah, she's close. Didn't even um, occur to me. Yeah, but it's around the movie of me. We're really investigating this, uh, which is Krishnas' thing, KDC. Yeah. You wake up in the morning. You're the director, 
producer and star in the movie of me. Right. You know, and every thought that comes out of you, that, and that's every one of us on a day-to-day basis. And I'm just telling you that Joseph gave the antidote in one hour and 15 minutes to just that. Okay. Yeah, it's so, interesting. I've so that's necessary uh, uh, as well as developing the heart and getting embedded, as Ramdas suggests, into right. loving awareness. You know? Yeah, no, I hear that. I've heard a lot of people talking about that this retreat, talking about how like what practical, what do we, what do we do? And I actually, I, just because of my tradition, I don't like that. I, I personally, again, not a criticism, don't benefit as much from someone saying, for example, be generous. It feels good. Give to people. Even if you don't want to give, just do it. I go, man, this is getting very close to an evangelical super church sermon where it's just like, just give that neighbor <laughs> that, that his newspaper got stuck in the sprinkler. Give him your newspaper. And I'm just like, if you don't take me down into the basement of like who's giving to who or why do we have that practice? Ramdas is very good at saying like, do all of these things, but realize that nothing is happening in, in kind of a beautiful way. The, the whole methods are traps way. The, yeah. Ramdas has about 15 things that he says. And I don't mean that. To, I love no one more than Ramdas. And I need that. If you're going to give me a method, you need to give it that chocolate scoop. You need to give me the vanilla scoop of, but don't forget, this is just, this is just a silly game. And really the point of it is what? Is to remember that you're a soul. So if someone says be generous because it feels good and I think I'm in the minority, I'm just like, that's not really my jam. I would rather have Ramdas speaking being slow and transmitting something that's very impractical, frankly. It's not practical. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. he doesn't give me a lot of go do this. Right. You know? right. No, he's going right to the absolute. It's the absolute. That's it's it. actually But people can feel it. It's what Maharaji did with us all that's the time. That's what I that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, but only somebody who experientially is there and in Ramdas's uh, case to to a nice degree that that could be even said where somebody gets a transmission of any kind sure. you know so but i think people are coming here because they re- they receive that transmission yeah no absolutely but then i wonder what obligation we have i say we as if i'm involved in this retreat i'm involved in the way that i'm involved everybody as, is yeah exactly totally. in the same way we all are yeah. what obligation then to the new people do we have to um represent that ramdasi sort of flavor so, i well, that's and I here. know Sharon and, and and they both do it. Yeah, but I like it hammered home. <laughs> well, we have Ramdas, and when we don't have Ramdas, eventually um, we're still. What do you mean? Is he? Gonna, he has, well, a, better, actually, he has a better deal. <laughs> he's going to do another. He told retreat. his doctor, I, um, "I'm shooting for 94." Is what he said. That's what he's shooting for. Yeah. Well, that's quite a while. Yeah. Isn't he 87? Yeah. You know, people say this about a lot of my favorite teachers. Richard Rohr did my Mm. podcast and all of his handlers were like, well, we don't know how long we have. And I'm like, he's not that old. You just told me a story about a a Baba in India that's like 150. I'm like, let's go, man. (laughs) We got a shot. But listen, you know, going back to, it's a good point. I mean, Ram Das is giving the heart thing. Krishna Das is giving that. That's all. Right. You know. And, 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 and I feel the same way. I mean, Jack gets into beautiful, beautiful moments and uses very uh, wonderful poetic allusions and poetry yeah. and so on. 
but I still think that it's not so much of saying, okay, Joseph is saying, here, go ahead and do, uh, you know, I'm being very dramatic about it. Go ahead and do this, that, or the other. Yeah. It's actually giving somebody a, a new perspective. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, this is a different way to just think about things and think about w- the way that I think about things, the way that I, uh, the vantage point from which I'm engaging, and he's speaking of that vantage point of really being caught, right? He's talking about... I love what he said about the monkey putting his hand in the coconut trap. Did you hear that one? No. Maybe they, I rocked It's out. a real way of trapping a monkey. I forget in what part of the country, uh, the world... But uh, you cut a slit in a coconut and a monkey can put his hand in and grab whatever treat you put in there. Let's say bananas, mushed up bananas. But then because he makes a fist, he can't pull his hand out. So the only way he can free himself is by releasing. And I was like, that's one of the best teachings I've ever heard. So please, again, <laughs> yeah, okay. I like talking about it because it's interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. How, how much of literal Ramdas, like this is what Ramdas says, stuff. My favorite, and I, maybe you might, you might even agree, I love Jack and Ramdas together. Well, that the other day was You can't wonderful. beat it. Yeah. You can't beat it because nobody's better. I mean, let's not, we don't have to say nobody's better. He's one of the absolute best at teaching. Jack will get you there, you know what I mean, into that bhav or that frequency. It's yeah. beautiful. And, yeah. he, and he does it from a very, not very ceremonious, not very gushy, it's not very mushy, gushy place. He's just giving it to you, right? Yeah. So it's very Buddhist. He's just giving it to you, or he's helping you find it. But then when you take that flavor and you add it to the Ramdas of just like, I love my wheelchair, now you got the the chocolate vanilla cone. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's the essence of what this is. It's the essence of what we got from Neem Karoli Baba, which was, he never told us to go study Buddhism or take Buddhist, but we all did. Right. You know, and... And he, ta- as we've talked about on podcasts before, it's all about Christ, right? It right. was with us, you know. So I know. I, so I that combo is—that's what's happening here, right now. That same kind of thing. Now, this time, as I mentioned to you, you we have a lot of uh, Buddhist teachers right here. <laughs> right, we do have so a lot of Buddhists. Getting very Buddhist the, the, in here. Yeah, the mix got a little, uh, but uh, uh, still, was well, leaning. It's leaning in that favor, yeah. and and I. It, it is all one thing, and it all it is all we're all touching the elephant and describing different things, and I get that. Um, I get most excited, you know, if we're going to spend two hours every night chanting names of Hindu gods, it would it would be weird to not have a little bit of that Hinduism bleed down into the day. Yeah. And again, it is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. yeah. yeah. You know. Um, okay, this may be completely wild and often left field sure. but <laughs> I w- i'm thinking about your show hbo my, yeah my tv uh, crashing yep yeah and everybody uh, by the way this uh will be in its third season at mm-hmm. the beginning of 2019 can you believe it it's unbelievable wow well, i'm honored it's you know a, that big congrats uh, by the you. way that ain't nothing yeah. at all so it's funny one season uh you're like it could be an accident. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be like you got lucky. Um, two seasons, even then, you're still sort of like, it's a noble experiment, somebody called it. Like mm-hmm. if you get canceled after two seasons, and a lot of my favorite shows have been, sometimes they view it in the industry as a noble experiment like that didn't work. And so there is something about that third season that feels like, okay, now maybe we can trust it. The audience can trust it a little bit as a show 
that that's at least going to give three seasons. You know what I mean? That's been around and you can get invested in the characters because you'll be able to spend enough time mm. with them to make it worth it. Yeah. So I just happened to see one show the other day and it was it was one where one of the comedians got very sick or said he was very uh-huh. sick yeah. and and there was a benefit that you not you the uh, the protagonist the character mm-hmm. organized. Yeah. And there was a lot of flack from all the other people and all of the usual kinds of things that you'd see in show business from fake bullshit to help or to uh, uh, some genuineness and, you know, the whole gamut of it all. Yeah. Uh, and then there was you running back and forth trying to get people because Artie didn't show up, right. blah, blah, blah. Right. But, and, okay, fast forward, here we are doing a retreat around generosity, right? Yep. This episode was around generosity. I started thinking about this after I watched it and said, that's yeah. funny, I watched this just before, a week oh, before I was coming. See, that's your socks in the dryer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's enough. So what do you think about that? I mean, is what's going on there? I mean, the character has a lot of innocent goodwill right. that is frowned upon. And I mean, the part that I hate... Uh, I'll tell you why, too, is, you know, how much they kick the character around. Yeah, you know, I get that a lot. It, yeah, I'm sure you do. It's cringy. Yeah. Well, you know why, for me? Why? When I was in private school in Connecticut, I went to a, one of those hoity to like, Choate. It was near Choate. It was called Cheshire Academy. Oh, wow. Yeah. And there was a bunch of bullies in my grade, and I sided with the bullies, figuring that was the only way I wasn't going to get bullied, right? Prison mentality, yeah. yeah. Yeah, prison mentality. And there was one kid who was slightly off, and they did terrible things to him. Yeah, like, sure. Okay, get in the cupboard now for six hours, oh, yeah. you know, stuff yeah. like that. And he yeah. would, I mean, just awful. I know. I mean, awful. So I get the willies sometimes yeah. watching the show. No, yeah. a lot of a lot of people say that. We're going obviously I'm going for solidarity. It is a slightly exaggerated version just because you can't show a full life. We do focus a little bit more on those times when people are mean, but I I want people that are on that path, whatever the path might be, could be a career path, a creative path or whatever to know that if you're getting a lot of opposition, even from your peers, um, that you're in good company and that you should, that you should actually kind of take comfort that like, if there's a line in the first season where somebody says to my character, he says, uh, she says, if it sucks, that's how you know you're doing it right. Mm. And there's something actually kind of not to force it, but karmic about that, that the idea that suffering is what brings your awakening. And that is true in the creative endeavor in my experience as well, is that like, First of all, stand-up just as, a, as an art form, I do believe it, it's an art form, it's the fear and the nastiness that sort of motivates you to get better. It's sort of like being a gladiator or a boxer, as you know it hurts, just like physical pain, to do very badly. So that all, that, all that stuff that people teasing you or scaring you or whatever, it all sort of leads to a good place. Uh, so I, I like people to keep that in mind as they're starting stand-up. Um, but to speak to what you were saying about generosity, yeah. I think that it's an interesting topic and there's a lot going on in that episode that I think might might be questionable about the generosity of that episode. I'm just thinking about this kind of for the first time in a while. 
is that Pete agrees to do the benefit for Artie, but he also really wants to work that club. So he says, Artie, I want to help Wayne, but there's a part of him that's like, this is how I can become a performer at that club. And that sort of stuff happens all the time. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah, I'll do a benefit. And it, it's been, I think Artie even makes some sort of joke where it's like benefiting me. <laughs> and Artie's like, every, every show a comedian does is a benefit for them. Like, you know, yeah. so he's sort of calling bullshit on, on Pete's motives, which is valid. Like, he does want to help Wayne. <laughs> but then even that, I think Wayne sort of, Wayne is the guy who's sick in the episode. So there's a guy who's sick and Pete offers to do a benefit. I think there is a kernel of real generosity there that somebody's sick and that would happen all the time. There'd be somebody down on their luck. And unfortunately sometimes the world of comedy can be like a foxhole or something. And you're like, Oh, somebody's sick or somebody's going to quit or somebody's broke. I mean, what else is new? We're all getting shot at. We're all dropping like flies here. Like you can't do a benefit for everybody. It's like the thing with the starfish. Like you can't pick up all the starfish. So especially the new people in the scene, especially people like me that come out of, a religious or, or at least an open-hearted tradition would be like, we should help this person. But then there also is part of him that's like, because it's the good thing to do. Like Pete can't really reconcile who he is if he doesn't help. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little bit ego-driven. Not to say that that makes it completely bad. But if somebody says, I'm sick, I can't pay my bills and I'm quitting comedy, my character values comedy so much, that person might as well be saying, I'm going to go on an iceberg and float out. I'm going to, I'm going to die professionally, which means it's worse than a, a literal death. <laughs> so Pete is like, now that I know this, he sort of feels obligated to do it because I think he likes to think of himself as a good person, which is a big, it's funny to say this, but that's kind of a big problem that you have to overcome <laughs> is thinking and then going out and trying to prove that you're a good person instead of being good for goodness I mean, sake. What I get from the show is that intrinsically this person is a good person He's naive and he's got lots of problems and he certainly has got different motivations going on. Yeah. That not being a bad thing, I mean, to present, I mean, that's why this whole thing around generosity and presenting it as a practice, like when you start to realize, okay, I'm not necessarily the most generous person in the world right now. Um, I, I have a terrible story, actually, to tell about that. <laughs> I want to hear it. I was with, I was thinking I'm going to tell it uh, also tomorrow when we, I'm doing a, a, a live audience. You know, the thing I did, used yeah, to do yeah, with yeah. Duncan and you, um, with Sharon Jack and Joseph. Um, I was with Maharaji in India. And Ramesh, who you know, he's a photographer. And he went out and he got a bunch of stamps made with Maharaji's image you know, a few different ones. Mm. And then he handed them out to everybody. So we all had stamps. So we used to go there, and Maharaji, as soon as he found out, anybody, you, stamps? And he takes stamps, and of course, you'd think he'd dole them out to, you know, the 14 people there. You, you get three. You, he gave them all the one, the biggest schmuck that you could think of. Oh, in there, my kind gosh. Of a thing. At least, you know, in the, you your guys. subjective, yeah. projected, judgmental mind. And one day... I'm sitting across from him, maybe 20 feet. He's talking to some people, kind of waiting to kind of come up. 
Anybody got any stamps? This is all through translator, right? I had a sheet. But I didn't want that. The whole sheet. The whole sheet. Right in front of them. Shh. I cut them in half. And I went up and I gave him half. Oh my God. Okay. Did he okay. see? I, no, he totally saw. This was no, there was no miraculous <laughs> anything. He saw me rip it in half and he wouldn't go up there. He looked at me as uh, Kujanas has this other, yeah, like uh, he had just eaten a pickle and, and scrunched <laughs> that face up and went, Night, you asshole. <laughs> okay. For one week, I mean, I. I must have even considered Harakiri more than once. Wow. I was so depressed. I mean, it was 24 years old or whatever, right? You got to take that into account. And then I went back a couple of days later, had the stamps. Though, and he said, anybody got any stamps? And this time I took all, everything oh, that I had. And I gave it to him. And he turned and he gave it to somebody. And then he came back at me and he looked at his eyes wide open. He went, we just pointed that finger at me, yeah. like, "Watch out, buddy!" Yeah, I got my eyes on you. That's I love that. I mean, it's so simplistic and weird, and everything else. And to this day, I mean, that's why the beauty of every action that happened around this, you know, a being like this, it resounds for the rest of your life. It yeah. has resounded to me through this whole generosity thing. Let me read you this. Uh, this one thing that I, I love. It's from a Tibetan lama named uh, Gelak Rinpoche, who many of us were, were friendly with, and he was a wonderful lama. He, he died recently. When you are practicing generosity, you should feel a little pinch when you give something away. That pinch is your stinginess protesting. Hmm. If you give away your old, worn-out coat that you wouldn't be caught dead wearing, <laughs> this is not generosity. There's no pinch. You are doing nothing to overcome your stinginess. You're just cleaning out your closet and calling it something else. Hmm. Giving away your coat might keep someone warm, but it does not address the problem to free ourselves from self-cherishing and self-grasping. Hmm. Practice. That's it, interesting. It, it sounds like one of the things that I'm struggling with that you're helping me understand is that maybe there is value in faking it till you make it. Because you didn't want to give those stamps. And this is what I resist, right? It's phony holy. It, it's, it's love everyone, tell the truth, right? And the truth is I don't love everyone. That's what Ramdas is constantly saying. And I think there's a reason for that. And one of the reasons I resist this, and one of the reasons I said at the beginning that it sounds like an evangelical sermon, is because I, in my tradition, and again, this is just my perspective, I could have been wrong. In fact, I hope I am wrong. I hope they're the most soulful, rich, loving, open people in the world, and I just couldn't see it because I was too young and stupid. But it felt like in my church, the Jesus told us to love our neighbors, um, which is very similar to love everyone. Love your neighbor. And we, as a church, took that to mean like everyone. Right. So there became this sort of air, and I, I'll just speak for myself, with me, of phony holy, cart before the horse. The inner transformation hadn't yet happened. And yet my behavior was supposed to reflect an inner transformation that I was representing. It's like I was bluffing in poker. Mm. It's like I am generous. Raghu, do you want these pants? I don't want to give you these pants. You know what I want? I want the transformation inside that makes me see what that poem is saying. 
and, and maybe mm. faking it will help me get there. That's that's what's new to me that I'm realizing. But when it comes to like doing things just because of how it's perceived, like if you only had half your stamps with you, you would have looked like you were giving your full stamps. Then you would have gotten a point for that day. You would have looked generous. But had your heart changed? You know what I mean? It's like in church, there's the schmuck that no one likes and I'm nice to him. Secretly, I fucking hate him. But it looks like I'm Christ-like. Jesus said that we can judge a fruit by uh, a tree, rather, by the fruit that it bears. Mm. And that's really important because fruit grows naturally and from within, from a process that's unfolding in a flow. The sun, the rain, the soil, the roots, the, the ground, everything, the air, and then the fruit comes. I, I just come from a tradition of picking up baseballs and painting them red and calling them apples. So even when you're telling, <laughs> telling that story, yeah. I'm like, I'm so much more concerned with Raghu's inner transformation than, it, than I am with you giving up your stamps. And I can feel Ramdas going, maybe you're not ready to give up your stamps. No, how about the fact that ever since then, well, I was obviously, in and that that's moment. okay. Yeah, no, and it was fine. It wasn't <laughs> fine for me, little guy, back then, right. you know, because I, I had no way to deal with any of this stuff. Except right. he he was just. I mean, I knew he knew everything, and in this case, he wasn't knowing anything. He saw me, right? And uh, had I only had half, and the other half at home, and given him this half, uh, he would have. You know, would nothing would have changed. And right. I know that, but more of the reality is since then. That thing, so in, in any of my, um, as conscious as I, I have been or can be in any moment, with as much awareness of my motivations and where I'm stuck, that thing has been there as a sort of a rudder, right. you know? So he gave me a mindfulness post, right. basically, then. And it's obviously, it's some, something that so I... So you could need. do the work later. He put your he deliberately put your cart before your horse, so your horse would keep ramming its head into it until it figured out that it should be in the front. Yeah, exactly. And I, I and I like that. And that's what that's why I like this thing, this poem from Gellick, because uh, it's a way we can work on ourselves to free ourselves from this self cherishing. Yeah. But, we have to have a way. I'm insistent upon their a method. Yeah, there needs uh, to be something that we do. Yeah, I I, I understand. I got after Duncan. Duncan's like meditating all day long. He's like a uh, he's like a damn Buddhist all of a sudden. <laughs> I said to him, "Listen, this is enough already with this Buddhism." Oh, money, Ted me who, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's created a monster, David Nickter. <laughs> Did he get him? Is that what he got no, into? No, he's been going to David's classes in L.A. and he's taking the classes. You know what and, I you know, Helping David get people in the book. So I'm writing a book, and Duncan's a big part of it, because Ramdas is a big part of it, and Duncan, who's introduced me to Ramdas. I would say this if he was here. I, I liken it. He's one of those characters in a movie. He's like Han Solo or Morpheus. You know, he's one of those guys that takes took me to the guy. And just like those characters, they're all a little bit dangerous. That's what really clicked for me when I had to try and summarize Duncan, was there's something sort of dangerous about him. Meaning... Again, I would say that I, I called him and I told him this. He's sort of like a dice in the dryer. Like you don't necessarily know. And that's not to say that he's like unpleasantly inconsistent, but you don't know. Like one day he might be really into Terrence McKenna. And then the next day you might call him and he's like, 
fuck Terrence McKenna, man, that guy's a nerd. <laughs> like, and I told him exactly that example, and he laughed so hard because he's a he's a he's an eccentric. He's a wild guy. He's not a a still. He can be, but he's not always a still pond that you go to sit next to and just relax. <laughs> no. He is an. He, that's why we miss him so bad, yeah. and that's why he's such an important part of this satsang. Is yeah. that he's like a little stick of dynamite. He's 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 like black cats, like little firecrackers that are yeah, going yeah. up, and he's exciting and he's eccentric. And I and I love him and I miss him, but he is a little bit dangerous. You know, you don't you don't know. Maybe he's yeah. going to be uh, Buddhist, and the next thing you know, he'll he'll go Bhakti again. We don't know. Yeah, he's yeah, just yeah. he's just finding it in the moment. It's yeah, beautiful. well, but in the, I give him all of the kudos now. You are a meditator, yeah, Duncan Trussell. This is. This is incredible. And, and other things are falling. We have a podcast about Duncan Trussell. That's great. Yeah. Uh, other things are falling away. You'll have to listen to this. Other things are falling away from him. Just, it, it's, a beautiful, it's actually quite lovely to watch. Oh, for, for me. sure. You know, who's been, uh, I m- met him like five, six years ago or something. Yeah. And, and just uh, to have a friend like that. I mean, he's a very loyal guy, too. You know, and he's, he's a really, sweetheart. Yeah, he really is. So, so, but back to, yeah. That's why this whole thing around generosity, um, and I'm going to be talking more with them about, okay, whatever it is that can help get, get space from self-cherishing, that is my biggest thing. That's why, I, I you know, that's the thing about Christ and Hanuman, when, he, when we were told, you know, that Hanuman one. and Christ are one. Yeah. So the same energy, whatever, which is, seems to be right on i you know i have never experienced it in any other different way but the greatest thing that remember duncan didn't agree with that yeah i remember last <laughs> oh, yeah, time we did this true. he was like yeah. don't take the story of christ and reduce it to hanuman it's yeah. a different story he got really yeah, excited right we went into that yeah, yeah. all right well i'm talking very archetype and he's not here yeah <laughs> <laughs> You see? Yeah. We we put a plant. You're a plant he now. Is a plant. Duncan. He's a beautiful orchid right yeah. now. Yeah. Uh but uh it's it's just um the idea it, it, it's what you're saying a little bit, which is you go if we go too far into and we get into we need to do anything. Mm. And we miss what Ramdas is saying just be. Just be, yeah. You know, that's, there's a there's a, a a real place in between. That's the Buddha's middle path, middle is way, a, yeah. the middle way. I just think that uh, we we the very first thing is just to have an idea from where we are. Where are we perched? Yeah. You know, where are we perched? Are we? Per- cause that's what, uh, by the way, uh, Joseph was saying this morning. The problem is that we, f- the filters that we have, are all around grasping, aversion. I don't. Oh yeah, that's not right. You know, and right. if our filters are all around these, you know, habitual patterns, these charged patterns, then you know we have no perspective from which to just be. So we've got to move back and go, okay, there must be some, there are things that practice, just like if you want to be a singer, you got to practice your vocals. If you want to be a hockey player, you, you got to right. practice. And so there, there is a, uh, a way in which that, that becomes something to even allow us to see clearly in our lives mm-hmm. what motivations we have, where the generosity is really completely off the mark. I mean, so, yeah. 
Right. It's interesting though when when it, what I'm realizing is so you said attractions and aversions and when and Ramdas talks about attractions and aversions again he steers it back to the soul. He says I want to increase pleasure. I want to maximize pleasure and I want to reduce pain. I want to bring in the high and push out the low. This this is what everybody wants, by the way. And he and but then he says the great realization of his life was that he, I will eat it all. I'll eat it all. And it's grist for the mill, which is what he always says. And it's grist for the mill of going home. And going home is waking up to realizing that you're a soul. I think that's that's the juice for me. Whenever we start to, if you want to talk about love as a virtue, I like that more because you, Raghu, loving the part of you that wanted to keep half the stamps. Like the one that I had recently, my brother came over to my house for his birthday and I gave him a gift, but then he so clearly had this box of joints and I don't smoke a lot of pot, but I have them for guests. This is my rationale. (laughs) And he tried to leave with them, but I didn't like how he did it. He went, I'll be taking these. He kind of made a joke about it. And I was like, you can't have, like, I don't have, I, I don't know. I forgot, for, I literally forgot that you don't need a medical marijuana card anymore, that you can just buy it. But I was like, I don't have a medical marijuana card. I don't know how I'm going to get more pot. Those are for guests. You can't have those. And it was his birthday. And I'm like, <laughs> should I have just given it to him? I suppose. But to me, the Ramdasi Maharaji of it all is to just go like, look at Pete being gener- not generous and loving it as well mm-hmm. and not intellectually loving it like i get it pete it was he, pete wanted his joints that makes sense not thinking about it being it and just giving yourself that space i had this experience but that's a, you're yeah. using a method right there called mindfulness i there you go sure <laughs> <laughs> i guess as soon as you label it instead of really just telling a story Ramdas just tells stories. Yeah, I, I, I had that experience when I went and saw Ramdas on a private retreat. Um, and I don't want to give too much away of this story. That's selfish, not generous, because I'm writing about it in my book. And, uh, but the story is basically going and seeing Ramdas and being confronted with all these, you're alone for six days. And all of these, the first three days, very blissed out, feet don't touch the ground, really dipped in and and loving it. And then day four, I start to feel like Pete and you have all these like urges and temptations and and you just want to be you again. Your ego really starts putting up a fuss and the, and the cure or the remedy or the surrender to that came from love, came from realizing, even though I had heard it 15,000 times, there's a book called be love now for fuck's sake. It's called be, be love. Don't, rationalize love don't prescribe love don't do love that's one of the things when we were sitting mostly we just looked at each other because i don't know that's that's just what i wanted to do and it was such a funny moment he could tell and i was that i was beaming to him love that Mm. i was deliberately willing because i love him so much Mm. so i was like almost kind of clenching something and going like i'm gonna send this man health and love and he just, without us talking about it, he just went, don't do anything. Just be mm-hmm. love with me. Just be love. So by day six, when I'm really all of my egoic, natural, Los Angeles guy, Pete urges were bubbling up in me, what made them 
go back to a baseline was just loving myself irrationally, completely irrationally, to myself. And I guess that is a practice. I guess we could call that mindfulness. But I, there's no but. The way that I respond to those things is when Ram Dass tells stories like that. Mm-hmm. When, when he goes, and I just finally gave up, and the only thing I hadn't tried was loving myself anyway. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So the, the, ju- the juice of that story is Raghu going, I was so, here's, here's the, I'll Ram Dass that story for you, <laughs> is you go, I was so embarrassed, I'm mortified, here's my guru, he's going to kick me out, he's going to know what a fraud I am, what a charlatan, and I'm so selfish. And he'd make everyone laugh, because we all have that inner dialogue going yeah. in us, yeah. all the time. Me with my brother in the joints, he leaves. Yeah. My mother tried to feed me a piece of crab when, the, when she came, and it was so infantilizing that I just, and, I'm, and I don't eat meat, and I was just like, no. And then I was like, oh, you're going to regret, like the, she's going to die, and you're going to regret that you didn't eat the crab. <laughs> so you have all this guilt. Yeah. And Ramdas uses that shame to rope everyone in because we're all walking around with our pockets busting with shame and guilt. Mm. And he uses that as a trick to go, and then we loved ourselves anyway. Mm -hmm. And you really can, beyond the mind, sizzle into it, like dissolving into it and just going, oh, right. It was there the whole time. It was right here as Mm. we're talking in the moment. Mm. It's accessible to you right now. Now, so as much as I enjoy talking about virtues like generosity or being kind or being um, even trying to think of other ones, I enjoy compassion, compassion or, or patience. These are things I don't even like talking about. I don't, I don't want anyone telling me to be patient. I want someone reminding me who I really am that's being patient mm-hmm. or who's observing who's not being patient. Yeah. And you know what I want that witness to do? To love it anyway, because it's a pretty interesting episode. Mm-hmm. That's a great episode of The Ragu Show. <laughs> the, the Stamps episode is a good flashback episode. Yeah, really. They got the colors just right. And we're going to watch it and we're going to love you. That's exciting yeah. to me. Well, the, the good thing, as far as I'm concerned, that's happened over this time is I don't pay that kind of attention to myself that yeah. I used to, where I'm really embarrassed about this, right. you know, whatsoever. And fortunately, this, a bunch of this shit is rubbed off. Yeah. And I can go exactly <laughs> the way you say, Pete, it's okay. Yeah. I didn't want my brother to get those joints you can't have okay. a pack of eight joints yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just go you know i have a benefit because you're you didn't even know how to refer to me on the show the character on the show is named pete holmes talk, i know that no i know you do but when you talk to me pete holmes sometimes it's weird to go like and then pete holmes like because i'm pete holmes yeah well but but, but the protagonist is yes no whatever. you did it perfectly yeah. but there's something helpful to me in my practice as you might imagine to take the events of my life and reenact them mm. with actors in the mm. script and sometimes change history and sometimes just make the same mistake again, make it a little bit funnier, make it the stakes a little bit higher. There is something really that helps me. You want to talk about things sinking in. Something as non-spiritual as making a TV show actually can fortify and fulfill the practice of going, that's not me. I, I have mm, to edit our that's show. That's great. I, I edit our show. Like, I'm in the editing room. I know you've done that sort of stuff. So I'm watching my big, stupid face constantly. And season one, it was, it was almost too much. It felt like a type of torture. Like, mm. it's, you know, you hear your voice on an answering machine tape, and you're like, is that what I sound like? It was like that times a million. 
And by season three, I watch it and I go, Pete did good in that one. Use that take. I like what he did there. It's <laughs> yeah, completely, third it's third person. Yeah. It's completely depersonalized. Wow. And it's actually a little taste of soul consciousness of going like, well, yeah, he's a real asshole here. And I, I, I like how he messes up there. Mm. And you can kind of just go like, people will like that. Or this will bring his character to some sort of completion. It's, mm. it's a very interesting thing. It's you far know, out. I haven't told you this yet, but we have been working. I mean, maybe I've told it in the past, but we've been working on a, on a film, a Ram Dass film mm -hmm. for the last three years with I'm Jamie, excited. Jamie Cato. And we just got the final thing. And oh, I wow. showed it to Ram Dass and some of the, some of the other folks. Uh, yeah, will you we, send it to me? We're in I, there. Are yeah, with no, the no. Baby? <laughs> <laughs> no, I will. I will. I'd love to watch it. Uh, yeah. Um, Right. Well, I did talk to you about it. That's right. We yeah. did because yeah, we I did gave because you a title suggestion. Oh, that's it. I'm trying to remember. Who no, gave me that title situation? Late. It was too late. Uh, I'm big on titles. Anyhow, in, <laughs> so Jamie, the director, did this um, interview. And in the interview, uh, you just reminded me of one part in terms of the way that you were looking. Well, he really fucks up here. There's a good, yeah, you know, yeah. good Pete getting. Ram Dass goes, I just sometimes, I, I look and I go, when I, when I mess up, he says, I just look at it and go, wow, isn't yeah. that far out? Yeah. I want something. He wants something. I'm having a version to something. He didn't quite say a version, but yeah. you know, I don't, I, wow, I, I, it's just unbelievable. It's what and, then, and then you know what he says? And mm. then he says, I look, and of course, I'm seeing everything through Maharaji's eyes. And he sees this bullshit, and he goes, Ram Dass. Mm. And he says, but he doesn't, not, he's not helping me fix it. There's nothing fixing it. It's just, love it. Right. And he gets reminded to love that part of himself. Right. You know, so, uh, that we all have that opportunity. And that's one of the biggest things in these retreats or anywhere that Ram Dass is giving people, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Jack Kornfield does it as well. It's very nice. And it's working Human. towards something. It's, the, it's, it's giving people the idea that your mistakes... So I lost my faith, obviously, one of the main reasons was because my wife cheated on me. So, of course, the idea of grist for the mill and learning to observe your life and learning to be quiet enough to say, okay, if suffering is the sandpaper that purifies my soul, what is this one doing? One of the things that I think is interesting, if you smoke pot and you get paranoid, it's helpful to remember, oh, right, paranoid people think they're right. You know what I mean? Like, that's that was a real epiphany. Oh, no, or they're completely believing in they their believe thoughts. It. Yeah. So when you're not stoned and you have a fear or an anxiety, it's very helpful to go, what did you think it would feel like if not real? Of course it feels real. It's you. You're stuck in it. Like there is a part of you that's somewhere else going like, okay, sure. But to you, you're going, look at that fear. That's a big, oh, that's a scary one. This might happen or this and that. And it feels just as real as being stoned in the CVS in Manhattan and thinking someone's following you. Like you are convinced <laughs> that that's happening. And it, there's something really powerful in going like, and that's another thing, Ramdas. I know you know this, 
But when you're depressed and you go, boy, look at that depression. I've been, I work too hard. So for the past month, I was just burnt out. And that manifests as like a type of lowness. I wouldn't necessarily mm. say depression, but just a low, mm-hmm. like a numbness, yeah. despondent. And I would do what Ramdas says. He doesn't like fix it, but I go, shit, I don't know if Pete's going to get out of this. <laughs> like, I don't know if he'll ever be back. Maybe. And that's what, um, I forgot his name again. He must look like a Paul. Joseph. <laughs> Joseph. 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 Joseph said he was doing a walking meditation on fear. This was, again, a real humdinger. He said to himself, if this fear stays with me the rest of my life... I'll be okay. That's okay. That's, that was fantastic. That okay? was... That's, that was, that's what I mean. If that, Joseph no, gets great. very insightful Beautiful. about how we deal with our stuff. I mean, I and then that's so... Canadian, Ubut, Ubut. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember right Ubut now. But that that's the feeling of a, mm. when a wave sucks back into the ocean, there's that sizzle. Just mm. like, that's, yeah. that's how it feels down your yeah. spine. Do you, know, do you know who Adi Ashanti is? I don't think so. Okay, so he's a, he doesn't even refer to himself this way as a non-dual teacher. Right. Oh, you told me about it. His parents I believe his thoughts. Yeah. I didn't mean to take your punchline. Please tell the people. It's finished. <laughs> he said he realized his parents were crazy. Yeah, no, he just it, it, he wrote this beautiful uh, uh, book. Uh, he's written a number of them. Anyhow, in this podcast, you, you all can go mind-rolling, find Adi Ashanti, because he, he's really the real thing. Mm. But in his book, he described being a child and going, these insane people all around me, what the hell is going on? His parents are... And as he, you know, as he grew up, I think not maybe 10, 11 years old, he fun, it dawned on him, shit, these people... They're insane. They believe their thoughts. Yeah, that was uh, my That's, favorite line. They're insane. So you know what he did? Mm. He went. He started meditating his ass off mm. until his twenties, and, and until he was like meditating, he just wouldn't stop to find out who am I? You know that whole Ramana mm. Maharshi thing. Mm. And uh, did he know about Ramana Maharshi, or did he just kind of start doing it? I think he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he did. Uh, I'm not sure if he used exactly that self inquiry thing. Whatever. He had some. He let go. He gave. This is the interesting thing. Yeah. He finally went. Nothing happening. What am I doing? And he stopped. Mm-hmm. He stopped meditating. As soon as he stopped, he had some illumination of some sort. Wow. It, it was really a far out experience. He, he broke. Yeah. Yeah. In a and good way. Broke. Yeah. In a good way. Oh, that's great. So yeah, but that that thing about. Yeah. It's in- well, that's what's valuable about an experience like being stoned in a CVS in Manhattan. <laughs> my my therapist actually said this. I, I got the idea that paranoid people are, are right is something that he always used to say. Paranoid, people, paranoid are- people are right. It's just that their brains have sort of gotten away from them. You know, they've they've dominated them. Like your heart could stop right now. I don't want to freak anybody out. But oh. anything could. Ha- I'm sorry. It's a hypochondriac you're talking to, uh, for Christ's uh, sake. Well, is um, he psychic? How about this? A, a an asteroid could kill us all. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's less better. personal. Yeah, less personal. Yeah. But you know, there there was a woman. Oh man, I was watching like some weird A and E. It's like a docu series. It's a reality show about people that are paranoid about weird things. There was this woman that was really scared that her heavy things in her house were going to fall through the floor. Obviously, it's a, you know, manifested from something in her childhood, like something happened and it got sort of perverted and exaggerated in her brain. So she it it showed her like she was always moving her refrigerator because she didn't want it to be on one spot because it might fall through the floor. And I'm watching it with Valerie and I was like, Val, she lives in Los Angeles. 
there could be an earthquake. Why pick that? Why pick your earthquake could fall through the floor when a huge earthquake hits and like explodes. Like there's something way more likely that could happen. But isn't it interesting that the brain thinks it's right? When you're stoned and you think someone's following you or you're paranoid, and I don't mean to make light of someone's mental condition, by the way. I'm just saying she believed that the refrigerator might fall through. Or you could pick a practical one and become very, very afraid of earthquakes, which, to be honest, yeah. I can be are. too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm nervous about earthquakes. I've yeah. never been in one. So, but what's interesting in all three of those examples is the cart's you know, gotten away from the horse. It's like you believe your thoughts. We all have them, and there are valid fears and anxieties. That the, and this is something my therapist says too. It's like, is your brain making you its bitch? Sort that's and that's the language he uses. <laughs> yeah, he goes like, that's cool. I understand. Like, here's my coffee cup. Like, let's say Ragu, that if I turn my coffee cup this way, that just really bothers you, and that's valid. Like, you prefer it this way. Just something about it. And he goes, and that's okay. That's valid. It's I. You can love that part of yourself. It's just like, are we gonna let it? Make you its bitch. Are yeah. you going to be the bitch of the coffee cup? Forgive me for the somewhat misogynistic. We're just using the common, oh, <laughs> common God, I vernacular. That's terrible. <laughs> okay, Pete Holmes did it. I didn't know. <laughs> I know. Please, headlines uh, here. But you know yeah, what I'm but saying? yeah, no. It's yeah, all yeah, the same at the mercy thing. of. At the mercy of. <laughs> Are we believing yeah. what we think? Yeah. yeah. It's a really. I, I, Which when is you, why I go back to you, <laughs> to Joseph, who you keep calling Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph gave an hour and a quarter of what, of exactly, you wouldn't have to go to therapy anymore. I, oh, yeah. If you did exactly what you got, you know, you turned your what perspective. I'm going to have to send you the file, okay? I, I'm just wary of that stuff. No. I don't know what it is. I had a break recently. It's actually been somewhat pleasant where I like, it's kind of like what KD says. I like my practice. Somebody asked him what his practice was. You want to hear my KD impression? Yeah, go ahead. Ask me any spiritual question, like oh, something okay. someone in the audience might ask. Uh, Krishna Das, yeah. what do I do about this vast insecurity I feel on a moment-to-moment -moment basis in terms of greeting anybody? Mm. How the fuck should I know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just singing to my baba. <laughs> whatever you say he'll sort of i love him i'd say it if he was here he sort of makes fun of the idea that you would even ask him and then he says i have no idea and then he says i'm just doing what i do and i even though i like to do that impression i am more in that line lately for me meditation is important especially in show business i lose my mm. compass and i can get very depressed mm. you start catching yourself going like well, uh, I'm, I'm getting more people know me. That's nice. New, another season, more people will recognize me in the supermarket or money or access. Like I'll have access to this party or whatever. I don't even go to parties, but whatever <laughs> it might be. Yeah. But that stuff will fucking kill you. That literally is what they yeah. mean when they say selling your soul yeah. to learn to play the fiddle, but with the devil, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're giving up your essence. Yeah. You're, lo you're gaining the world, but losing your soul mm. is what Jesus said. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, but lately, if you start, and I wasn't there, so I really shouldn't even be speaking about this. I, I don't really want the practical, I, I want it to be as general as possible, <laughs> because then you can interpret it from where you are. 
You know what I'm saying? Hmm. Like Nick Turner and I were talking about like, if we are souls and obviously David Nickturn is a Buddhist and isn't really into souls. And he was like, well, what well, is it? Actually, I, I would have that dialectic and do have that with David all the time. Yeah. It's just another name. They got I the know. same name. I they know. like their name. He likes his name. You yes. Know? I, you're absolutely yeah, really. right. I, who was it? There was that woman that had a brain injury and then she sort of started having enlightenment type life oh uh, yeah who gave uh, ted talk yeah yeah I, I can't remember her name she would alternate between saying it's all one and it's all zero mm-hmm. but she meant the same thing yeah exactly. she just kept going around to people going it's all zero yeah. it's all zero it's all one who cares you know man like this is uh, this is just my trip lately is it just like it's all one thing sometimes i would come on this retreat and go like have i turned my back on christ by going with maharaji of course i still claim Christ and love Christ. But uh, who cares? It's all one thing. Like, it's either all one or it's not. Like, do you believe what we're saying? Then it's all the same. Like, who cares what word or what person or what saint brought you there? If it really is all one, it is a joke that we're all these microbes down here going like, but what do we call the one? Like, it's so stupid. But it's just human. It's another one of those. It's okay. And we can play it. Let's play it. It's fun. But I used to get worked up and a little bit (laughs) sad going like, Oh, Jesus is probably mad at me. And I'm like, this is just this is just another way of meeting Jesus as far as I'm yeah, concerned. Right. Exactly that. And meeting them it. meeting yeah. all of them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly <laughs> that. By the way, uh just Joseph, I caught one thing Paul? that Joseph <laughs> <laughs> Sydney. I'm gonna call him Sydney. Um that uh, Joseph, we're just kidding now. Yeah, jo- he's not going to listen to no. this. <laughs> <laughs> and if he does, he's not going to make it this far. No. The first time I called him Paul, <laughs> he, <laughs> he turned gone. it off. <laughs> he said, he was talking about a book that he liked best, that, em- uh, that was emblematic as far as he was concerned, of generosity. Uh, that Ramdas, it's called How Can I Help? It's yes. a great book. Yeah. Okay? So he said... And what we should all, and I don't quite know how we catch it. He said, engraved on emptiness, engraved on emptiness is, how can I help? Mm. It's the greatest thing that I have heard in years of of the way the emptiness being empty of self-cherishing, empty of of self-referential, and it being love. Right. Engraved on emptiness, love, you can put slash love, how can I help? Because there ain't anything else. Right. Is it Ram Dass That's the only the, game in town. Yeah. Ram Dass says uh, in, the, in the film, he goes, I, you know, we've, had, we've done that trip. We've done our separation trip. You know, it just comes down to a zero. And from that zero, just serve. There's nothing else for us to do. It's in the right. movie. It's really right. quite beautiful. And, and by that, the way... yeah. And so I think the things that you're doing and Duncan and people like that, I mean, it's it's a great, great thing to it just have some injection of awareness, love, yeah, whatever in these shows, in the stand-up acts and all of it. Yeah. And then what you guys have done, just joining and having fun with us and podcasts and all that stuff is uh, uh, really, really wonderful, man. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's the greatest joy of my life you know i spend my whole life hearing people say things like that 
and envying them. It's like going to a wedding and they all go, it's the happiest day of my life. And I always envied them. I was like, I want, and it turned out my wedding day was the happiest day of my life. One of them mm. for sure. Mm. Although I've taken mushrooms. So I had to say to Valerie, I was like on this plane, on this plane, it was the best day of my life <laughs> um, without any assistance. Mm. Um, but it is the, gr the greatest joy of my life is finding um, a way to collect all of all truth all love in one place. And that's what I found through Maharaji and through Ramdas mm, and mm, through this group. Mm -hmm. And again, this is in my book. A lot of the things I'm saying are going to be in the book. But when I was in church, we used to sing a song called I Am Not Ashamed of the Gospel. And it used to give us all the chills and would cry. And some woman would belt out, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we'd all be in the would cry. It was moving song. And I was like, the truth was, again, I'll just speak for myself. I was ashamed. I was ashamed. And I, I would argue that you don't write a song called I am not ashamed of the gospel if you're not a little bit ashamed because it's embarrassing. I spent the majority of my life believing that you, Raghu, a Canadian Jew who went Hindu and then Buddhist or whatever it is you are now <laughs> was going to hell. And you know what? That's a good thing to be ashamed of. Like, that's a sh kind of a shame. I believe that's a shameful thought. You don't write a song called I'm Not Ashamed of Ice Cream. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> There's no need because yeah. no one is. Yeah. So we were all, at least I was, feeling all this conflict and guilt. So when I started finding people like Alan Watts and Ram Dass that are finding ways to recognize truth in multiple traditions, yeah. I literally don't find a greater joy in my life than when I read something that might be from another tradition or faith that's the same truth that I found everywhere else. Yeah. I, it, it gives me the chills just yeah, talking I, about I'm it. I'm right with you. And I then when you it. have someone like Eckhart Tolle or something pointing me back to the Bible or Maharaji or Ramdas, going back to the words of Christ and going, he was saying it too. It just got turned and yeah, twisted yeah, yeah. into something that you were ashamed of. Yeah. But guess what? The gospel actually is good news. It's so much sexier and juicier and exciting than it was sold to me. It mm. just got westernized and turned yeah. into a us or them clan, right or wrong, yeah. dualistic. Like every one like of everything. them. I understand. Every one. Every yeah. single one yeah. of them. So any gratitude you feel, <laughs> not to boast, I'll see you tenfold because this is, this is the great joy of my life to, mm. to have this stuff. Yeah. Well, that's why. I think we're all together on that. Yes. And that's why we have such a good time. To find something, dude, can you, I'm a comedian, I'm in show business. You know what I mean? I'm a comedian. I, I, it's not normally something that someone like me would be comfortable talking about. You're going to get mm -hmm. labeled a new age whack job. Yep, yep, oh, he yep. went, he went fucking yoga weirdo or yeah, this yeah, or that. Yeah. Oh, he's a vegetarian or whatever it might be. But to find something that you're actually passionate about sharing, really passionate. My friend Rob Bell, who also shaped my faith in a big way, said, I love this quote. He says, when I meet an atheist and we get talking, we realize that we don't believe in the same God. That is, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. It's actually exciting to talk to somebody about the phenomenon of consciousness, about yeah. the phenomenon of awareness, right. that we don't have to debate because we're using it to talk about it right yeah, now. Right. That it's not some myth or some fairy tale that we want to believe in. It's the exploration of what we're soaking in and, and saturated mm -hmm. in right now that involves infinite possibilities. There's no 
dogma. There's, there's an appreciation for mystery. There are methods and there are different methods. And you have Katie up there going like, I don't know. That's a beautiful <laughs> <By> the, <laughs> thing. You're not being sold yeah. a bill of goods. He did spend two hours yesterday explicating a bunch of he stuff. He knows okay. a lot. Yeah, right. But he, ha he also knows <laughs> enough to say... Don't mistake me beyond stage for being. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you anything. Yes, yeah, right. It's Ramdas uh, too. How yeah. many times did he say, "I'm yeah. not your guru. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a guru. I'm not." Yeah. And and that that is something that I looked for my entire life was something that I could unembarrassing, unembarrassed belong to, but then not feel the need to tell other people about. But if they yeah. have the space in their inner house. If I see a, a, a bookshelf in their inner being that looks yeah. like it might benefit from a nice little jade vase that I got from you'll give, Alan you'll Watts' give them lecture. The, you'll give them the books. You the give joints? Them. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I need the joints. Uh, I need those joints. <laughs> oh, boy. So everybody uh, listening here, okay, Pete's got this, you know, it's got crashing coming out, I don't know, mid-January, mid is it? I think so. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we'll put it up there so everybody Great. can get it. And what, what, what about the special? When the is special, that? special, December 15th. December 15th? Yeah, it's oh, called okay. Pete Holmes' Dirty Clean is what it's called. Oh, yeah? Uh, it's a paradox. <laughs> <laughs> so and, it's a non-dual dual title, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then the, the book is later. And the book will be out in 2019, yeah. It's called Whoa. Comedy Whoa. Sex God. Okay, when? I don't know, actually. I should oh, yeah. look that yeah, up. Yeah, look that up. Well, we'll do another podcast when the book comes out so we can let that everybody know about that. Yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, My Pete. I pleasure. love hanging with you. I love hanging with you, And we spend this nice time together when we get here. It's always it's a pleasure. Lovely, lovely. This is Mind Rolling. I'm Raghu on BeHereNowNetwork.com. And we're going to link you from here to forever on the show <laughs> notes page. Okay, everybody? We'll see you next time. <laughs>